everyone strap in. We're getting a drink. And hopefully we can record this whole thing without getting a little too tipsy. Being a nerd and being nice, a good person, is not synonymous. You think I have a type? I'm a prophet, not God. I'm pretty sure he wants to fuck that snake. I'm not saying I approve. I'm just saying I get it. I'm a simp first and a woman second, baby. If there's one thing about me, it's that I hate introductions, but here we go. I'm Cole. If you know me, you probably know me if you're listening to this. I am a goofball who yells about pop culture in my kitchen um, to a phone propped up on a windowsill. And I have been told that I have the confidence of a mediocre white man, and I'm going to take that in stride, and I have decided to start a podcast. So that's what I'm fucking doing. Usually, this is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for this podcast to open up conversations of pop culture and what it means to other people because I have a very strong affinity for pop culture and I think that a lot of people do as well. That's not anything new. But I think that there's something innately humane. That sounds really, really deep. But it is kind of how I feel about how how deep pop culture and movies and stories can really is a true testament of the human spirit. And I think what people gravitate to within pop culture and movies and TV says a lot about who they are. So this is also like, you know, a psychological podcast, which I've got no merit in, but my mom watches a lot of Dr. Phil and I've seen a couple episodes, so I think that I'm equally as qualified to do so. Now for this podcast, my plan is to have people on here because it would not be fun if it was just me picking a topic that I would talk about at length like an asshole. So I do have people lined up to continue on the conversation and things to talk to them about, but for this first episode, it is just me and my fucking lonesome, which is one of the reasons that I have put off starting something like this in such a long time because if I don't have like a structure, it'll go off the rails real fast. So I went to TikTok and asked people if I were to hypothetically start a podcast, which it's still hypothetical. We don't know if this is going anywhere. Um, what they would ask me about, like if I was on their podcast or, you know, whatever. So I've got maybe a little something to go off of and make it a little bit more entertaining in like a conversation, even though it's just me in my kitchen in the dark night. So, all right, let's go through some of these. Oh, we'll start with this first one, which I already kind of touched on, but we can, we can expand the answer. I would want to know why the person started their podcast. Oh, I also asked this in a hypothetical sense because I didn't want to just come out and say what I was doing, even though I did. But anyway, <laughs> what motivated you, etc. This is, this podcast, like I already said, I like to have conversations about pop culture. And the whole reason I started on TikTok was to have some sort of outlet to talk about pop culture. And it wasn't necessarily about getting big, which I don't think I'm big, but having people talk to me, it's not about numbers. I like to talk about pop culture. And I think, like I said, it's very interesting to see other people's reaction to pop culture and what they take from something because it will always be different. And I... I know this is the first episode and it's just me. I really don't want it to be just me. I love talking to other people about it and getting different perspectives. So I have people in my real life that are very, they have a strong affinity for pop culture that I know I can talk to them about and they're funny. People on TikTok that I've reached out to that want to be on the podcast. So this is, this is just a longer form of content to just talk about nerdy fucking shit. And I can talk about, I can get into almost anything in pop culture. So my pitch to people that will be on the podcast will be 
Is there something that you can talk about at length that you feel comfortable about to sit down for an hour, have a drink and just shoot the shit? Or, you know, if they don't feel comfortable with that, I'll give them something and see if they're comfortable with it. But I can talk about almost literally anything, comedy, music, whatever. So that's why I started it. It's just a longer form of being a fucking nerd, honestly. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I would ask about their first fandom. Now, <clears throat> this one is kind of, I don't want to say interesting. No, I'm going to say interesting. It's a little interesting because I'm known on TikTok for, there's some other, other things here and there, but for the most part, if you looked me up, it's Marvel related in some capacity. And that is kind of true. Marvel kind of is my first fandom. My brother, I remember growing up, had one of the... Actually, I should look up what that is. He had one of the um, X-Men games that I remember playing on, like, the original Xbox. Let me see this. Um, X-Men game, I guess. But he had it, and it was, like, one of the first games I learned how to play. And I really... X-Men's Legends. That was the first game I played where I kind of realized... Because X-Men Legends, you got introduced to, like, all these different characters, and I played it real, real young. And I realized that, like, kind of the extent of what, like, a universe, like, can be within, like, storytelling and stuff like that. And I was intrigued by it. But probably my first quote-unquote fandom I was exposed to that I kind of latched onto was Star Wars. And that was, again... Like, my brother and my dad and stuff like that. But, like, I enjoy Star Wars now, but it's that's mostly a nostalgic thing. There's something about, and I can, like I said before, I can get into almost anything. Storyline-wise, I can't, there are some things like space and fantasy that takes me a lot longer to grasp onto than something like, like, something like X-Men that for the most part is a little fantastical, but it's centered, the stories are centered in some sort of reality of like the human expression, blah, blah, blah. And I guess that's the same with, with Star Wars too. But then like, like I grew up with the prequels. It's a lot of mumbo jumbo when you're six years old and it's a lot of, you know, the order doing a lot of diplomatic bullshit. It's a lot. I really enjoyed when they came out in like 2014 with like The Force Awakening and everything like that. I kind of got back into it then, but I think after... Uh, The Last Jedi, I think I fell off. I need to watch Mandalorian. I know I need to. I haven't gotten there yet. It's on my list and we'll get there one day. <laughs> okay, this one's a little different. It says, um, tell us about your pop culture journey. What did you love growing up? I loved, and still do, I love animated movies. And I don't talk about them too much because there's not really anything I can really say about them other than the fact that I love them. And we had like some weird, random Disney movies growing up. We had The Little Mermaid, which because my mom loved it, but like I didn't see Beauty and the Beast till I was like 12 or 13 years old just because we didn't have it. And I didn't seek it out because I didn't, like I knew about it, but I was like, that's just something we don't have. But like we had Anastasia, which I absolutely love. I love to this day. Every girl wants to be a princess when they grow up. I always want to be Anastasia. I still fucking do. I think it's got some of the best music. It's got the best animation. They combined CGI with hand drawings and it's just a beautiful, sweeping, gorgeous movie. I can't, I can't speak highly enough about it. My friend Brie, hi Brie, got me for Christmas this year a still laminate, not laminate, but like a glossy print of a scene from Anastasia and then had Liz Calloway, who was the actress who sang for... Anastasia to sign it 
And it, it's one of my most prized possessions. It took 27 years to have anything I could call a prized possession, but it genuinely is. And you get a frame for it. So, but like, like I said, one of my other favorites is Hunchback of Notre Dame. I didn't see that till I was way older than I probably should have been. Actually, no, that movie, you probably got to be a little bit older to watch. I can't imagine watching that at like six or seven. Frollo would have scared the shit out of me. I used to get scared of a lot of animation in movies and stuff like that. You know what I used to get scared of? You remember Beethoven when Stanley Tucci like hits Beethoven and then he pretends to like, he like puts fake blood on himself. That used to scare the shit out of me. That's just a little tidbit on me and my inner psyche. <laughs> no, I actually probably did watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame exactly when I should have. Um, Prince of Egypt, another one when that guy's whipping that guy, that used to scare the shit out of me. Nothing else did, which is kind of crazy. Like the plagues didn't scare me. That's the Catholic in me. That's just like, oh, you just, you got what was coming to you. <laughs> That's penance for what you got. Okay, um, what'd I say? I said The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. I will go to my fucking grave saying that that is one of the best DreamWorks movie of all time. I know people want to be like, Shrek, Because they, honestly, let's be honest. You think it's funny. It's a good movie. But, like, it's about the, the meme at this point. If you want to talk about, like, an actual cinematic masterpiece, I will go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you saying that it is Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. And I won't falter. I just fucking won't. The music's great. That's one of those movies that you know is good because there's a good chunk of it that they don't talk. They let the story breathe on its own and just, you're just watching a fucking beautiful horse in his beautiful journey trying to get home to his beautiful fucking family. And you know who the villain is? It's the white man. It always is. Anyway, so, <laughs> all right, let's move on. I don't know if I answered that question completely, but I went on a tangent and that's what you're here for. What is something not even your best friends at the times know about you circa junior high days? I'm going to be honest. Probably nothing. I've been this bi the biggest nerd and I have always tried to push it on people and sometimes they won't have it. And that's the beauty of friendship when they go, oh, no, thank you. And you're like, okay, I can have this separate thing on my own. It's fun when you find people that like, like your shit, but like sometimes it's good to have people that are like, no, we don't need to talk about this right now. It really keeps you kind of, <laughs> kind of centered. And I think that's why I never was in like, the internet fandom until like now. I just always quietly enjoyed it on my own. I would talk about it with some people, but it was never to the extent of like this, where I just talk about it. That's kind of why the whole TikTok thing started was because I just needed an outlet to talk about shit. And then it found people that also agree and enjoy it. And so that's why we're here. It's a, it's a good thing that some of my friends, who I still have from junior high days are like, no. I don't want to talk about that, so... And I don't fault them for it. It's fine. You like what you like, and I've got... This is why I'm kind of averse in different things in pop culture, because some of those people don't want to talk about Marvel or other shit all the time. They want to talk about what they like, and I like to have those conversations. So keeps me very, very diverse in different things. I will always come back to the standards of Marvel, and I don't think that'll ever change, but... Like, my roommate, who is one of my best friends, doesn't care. And that's fine. It's wild to me, but she doesn't care. We're moving on. <laughs> the best live show you've ever seen could be music, comedy, and theater. I'll give you all three. I've done a lot of things in my life, in my fairly short life. And I, I've had the privilege of, like, my mom. She used to take us to, like, 
I remember there was one time she took us to like a Frank Sinatra, like it was a cover band. She would love to tell that story because I cried and she, it's one of her favorite stories. She took us to that. I remember seeing Grease, the musical, when I was really, really young. It was like local stuff, but my mom has such an affinity for the arts too that I have had a lot of privileges in my life to see a lot of live things, live music, comedy, theater. It's just something that my family has always really enjoyed. And also I have surrounded myself with people in my life that that is their priority. They don't, <laughs> we might've had put some things to the backseat like family, houses. We want to experience things and enjoy things, music, theater. So I will give you my top ones. Um, I will say that maybe, uh, I'm trying to think concert-wise. I, I saw Fleetwood Mac, which is a crazy thing. I saw Billy Joel at Bonnaroo, which was also nuts. I'm trying to think like actual just like production of a sh I saw Queen. Damn, I don't know if I could just pick one. I really don't think I could. I've seen a lot, I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Bonnaroo, Benalala, I've seen a lot of things. I think the best way to do this is to say what like my ultimate thing, I would have loved, oh, Bob Dylan. No, it wasn't Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is one of my favorite songwriters. I wouldn't say singers because we can go into Bob Dylan singing, but my favorite songwriters of all time. And I saw him at IU when I was going to IU at the time, and it was everything I wanted from him musically. The performance didn't do much for me. And the guy sitting next to me was like, this is the best Bob Dylan I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, whoa, okay. He doesn't have much of a stage presence, which he's, but when I saw him was like, I don't know, four years ago. So like, he's old. He came out, didn't introduce himself, just started playing. He's there to do a job and I respect it. Um, a little bit more flamboyance to be queen, but I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen um, Tom Petty, but, R.I.P. King, that will never happen. So I know, I don't know, I feel like my answer should be like Fleetwood Mac, but I just have seen so many good goddamn shows that I can't pick just one. So music-wise, there's a lot of shit, I guess. I'm trying to think of like the last couple things I've seen. Nothing comes to mind. We'll just say Fleetwood Mac, just to say Fleetwood Mac, because I'm a white woman. Anyway, uh, comedy, uh, I saw... I saw John Mulaney in a very intimate room at the Comedy Addict in Bloomington, Indiana, and that was a lot of fun. That was fun just to be in a very small, intimate group with, he was still pretty big, at, not that he's not now, but it's not, he could have done like, I don't know, like 2,000 seats, and it was like 50 people in a room, maybe maybe like 75, and that was pretty cool to be that close. I made eye contact with him a couple of times, that was great. I saw Daniel Sloss, he was great, and obviously, I, this year I saw, well, and the last year, I saw The Dollop, which is an American history podcast that I cannot recommend enough. It's one of my favorite things in this life. And I saw them, I've been listening to them since like 2016, and I finally got to see them live. I met some people from TikTok there. They were like, hey, are you? And I was like, yep, mm, we're here to watch The Dollop. Shh. It was great. It was so fun. It was so great. I think Gareth Reynolds, one of the funniest guys in all time. That was a big compliment. He's very funny. <laughs> he's no George Carlin. No, he's not, not George Carlin, but anyway, I've got a big crush on him, believe it or not. Theater, okay. I, um, my favorite, th well, I feel like I should say Hamilton, because I saw it with the original cast, and that feels wrong not to, so I'm gonna say Hamilton. I'm going to also air my grievances that I have been bitching about this since my 13th birthday. I was supposed to see, 
if my mom is listening to this, hi mom, sorry. I was supposed to see Wicked with my mom and grandma in Chicago. And my mom was like, I'll just buy tickets there. And then when we got there, they were sold out. And then we went and saw the late night catechism instead, which my grandmother, Catholic woman that she is, loved. Absolutely loved. And it was funny. Was it Wicked? Absolutely fucking not. And have I seen Wicked to this day? No. So, like, I'm holding it, like, a, about a 10-year grudge on not seeing Wicked. So, but I've also, like, built it up so, like, much in my mind that I'm not sure if it'll amount to what, like, 11-year-old me thought it was going to be. So, I might not ever see Wicked, I guess, is the end of that. <laughs> okay, this person said, do you think your favorite characters would get along or would they despise each other? Now, just for the sake of keeping this kind of coherent and short, we can't go into every single one of my favorite characters, but I'm known for talking about Bucky Barnes, Eddie Munson, and like Matt Murdock. So I'm going to stick to just those three. Um, no, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep Eddie Munson out of it because he's not in the same universe. And I think a lot to do with how they would get along is how they react to each other in those universes. So Sorry, Eddie, we're not talking about you. So let's just talk about Matt Murdock and Bucky Barnes. I think, you know what? I don't actually know. I feel like Matt would, like, respect him, but I don't think he'd like him. I don't think Bucky would like Matt at all. I, I don't know why I think that. I just do. I think that he'd be like, I think it's because Matt's a little too high and mighty. And I think that, although Matt would respect Bucky, I think that that would seep in a little too much where he's just like, oh, you're just a pretentious ass. Which Matt Murdock 100% is. He's got his own demons fighting with him, but fucking Matt Murdock. I, I'm going to obviously have an episode about Matt Murdock, but I've got someone I'm going to talk to about Matt Murdock because I could go on and on about Matt fucking Murdock. I have. So anyway, let's move on. I guess kind of on the topic of Matt Murdock, someone said, now that you watch Stardust, which has Charlie Cox in it, Charlie Cox, if you don't know, is Matt Murdock, do you think the movie is a rom-com or an enemies to lovers? Because I think it's neither. Hey, the Eyes Girl 12, I don't know what the actual fuck you're saying. It's an enemies to lover, and I don't know how you think it's either, or neither. I don't, I've got, I want to talk to you. What do you mean? Is it a rom-com or enemies to lovers because it's neither? Here's the thing about a rom-com, is that a rom-com just has to present a will-they-won't-they they scenario, which Stardust does, and enemies to lovers has to start with them being opposite and finding a way to like each other which it also does it's an enemies to lovers rom-com so it's both of those and you're incorrect <laughs> i would love to talk to you because i want to hear this argument this is a a public invitation for the eyes girl 12 on tiktok because we gotta have a fucking conversation everything you just said is wrong <laughs> okay let's see here let's move on from that buffoonery i just i can't get over that all right, um, I would ask when you first got introduced to your top five characters. Um, I couldn't give you, like, exactly when, but I could tell you, I think for the most part it's later on in my life if I'm just slowly curating who my top five characters are. So it's Matt Murdock, obviously, which was last year. <laughs> um, Quint from Jaws, which I didn't see Jaws till I was 22, so a couple years ago, well, a couple, five years ago. <laughs> Um, Hooper from Jaws, Charlie Chaplin's The Tramp, which I think I found him when I was like 20. And then for the last one, my favorite character, I feel like, I don't want to say Eddie Munson because 
or like Bucky Barnes because I really enjoy them as characters and I love them very dearly, but I don't think that out of years and years of movie and film and TV, I said movie and film, movie, television, and books that they would be in my top five. Um, I'll say Peter Parker, and it's not just Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. I think it would just truly be the character of Peter Parker. And that would, I remember playing, I was talking about my brother with video games earlier. I used to play the Spider-Man game very, very young with my cousins. And that was my first introduction to Peter Parker. And I was like, oh my God, I've got the biggest crush on this <laughs> this little game character. It was wild to be like seven and be like, hmm, that's odd. Why do I like this tiny pixelated person? But yeah, okay, so yeah, what I say. So the Tramp, Charlie Chaplin's the Tramp, Quint from Jaws, Matt Murdock, Cooper from Jaws, and Peter Parker. Yeah, that would probably be my top five for sure. All right, I saw you mention best movie. What are your top five favorite movies? okay. I mentioned in my TikTok Amadeus, and Amadeus isn't my, it's one of my favorite movies, but it's not my favorite. I said it was a perfect movie in my TikTok because I think technically speaking, story-wise and pacing, and I know it's three hours long, whatever it is, it it deserves every minute of those three hours. Amadeus, it's from like 1984. It's got Tom Hulse, which is ironically the voice of Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I just find all these fucking movies with these people. But that, I think, is technically a perfect film. My favorite film of all time is Jaws. And then Charlie Chaplin's City Lights. Um, mm, I'm gonna say Anastasia just for the nostalgic factor. And I think it's a perfect movie, too. But perfect for me. I don't think it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie for me. And I'm trying to think of another movie that I can just go-to as a staple. Pro oh, Mamma Mia 2. Mamma Mia 2. Yes. A hundred percent. So those are my top five. <laughs> it ranges. I've got a quite, quite an eclectic taste. If you could choose any artist or band, dead or alive, to perform at your birthday party, who would you choose? Um, hmm. Does that mean I also have to meet them? I have this weird thing about meeting, meeting my heroes, because I don't want to do it. So, uh, I don't want them to just play and leave, though. So, like, I don't know. Who would I want to play in my... I would want... I would honestly... You know what? I wouldn't mind just, like, a bitchin' cover band. Like, if I could get someone to do my... You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna say the 1975. <laughs> I want Maddie Healy at my birthday party. I was gonna say, like, a cover band that could do a bunch of hodgepodge of shit. But, no, nah, I want Maddie Healy there. And then I want to get drunk with Maddie Healy. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to do. Oh, we're going to pop right into favorite genre era decade of music. Now, my favorite... Oh, no, I would want Dolly Parton. I don't even know what the... Fuck you, Maddie Healy. I want Dolly Parton there. I want Dolly Parton there. She's going to perform my birthday. That's no ifs, ands, or buts. I cannot even imagine... I cannot believe I didn't say Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Okay, so going into favorite genre era decade of music was the next question. I love literally everything. If I had to say my favorite genre of music, it would be like folk, country folk. Like Dolly Parton, singer-songwriter country. John Denver, I fucking live for that shit. That being said, I think the best era of music is like the 70s. Obviously like Fleetwood Mac, Queen, like rock. Quote unquote classic rock. In 70s, 80s, I think would be really good. A really good era, I would say. Um, any... Anything origin story, who, what, when, why, 
made it click in your brain that this is what you love. I'll be completely honest. I don't know exactly what clicked for me, but there was something growing up that like, I remember watching movies or TV shows with my family and them being able to be like, oh, that's so-and-so from so-and-so. And I was like, I would love to contribute to these conversations. So like, I started watching a lot of things and paying attention to even like in animated movies, which I only really knew growing up because I didn't know how to work the TV remote. So I watched a lot of our VHSs that we had. So I would catch like people's voices and different things like that that I really latched onto that I could be like, oh, that was from so-and-so from this movie that I remember watching or whatever. The So I think that was something that really clicked for me. And that was something that I just kept, I don't know, it was ingrained in my brain in such a young time to know everyone and everything because that's what my family just did. And this is before IMDb. My family just were very, or they're watching the same shit. I can't remember exactly what was what and what they knew people from what but it was just always interesting to me that they always had that knowledge in the back of their like in their back pocket and I was like I want to be able to do that so then I just got really obsessed with knowing everyone and everything and then watching those said things so I guess that's the who what when and why (laughs) actually I think that is kind of all of it okay what's it like gaining such a large following in such a short period of time what changed in your life because of it Okay, I'm going to be honest, not a lot. <laughs> I it, it doesn't feel like a large amount of people in a small amount of time just because it still feels very insulated. I'm very much just still in my kitchen and I haven't gotten crazy opportunities because of TikTok. Some brands have reached out to me, but it's not something that I really want to do unless I really care about it. I didn't really start this to make money off of it. One day that might be great, but if I do make money, I hope it's not hawking products. Unless it's something I really enjoy. I on my TikTok will post about small businesses that I really enjoy because I know how hard it is to be in this this kind of landscape and try to find footing when there's all this other shit going on. So I try to help people who create stuff as much as I personally can. That's why I'll talk about some small businesses, but... For the most part, that doesn't appeal to me. I don't, I'm not really a salesman, and if I don't like whatever they're trying to send me or trying to get me to sell, you will be able to read it on my face. So not a lot. Marvel's hasn't called me yet, so <laughs> not a lot has changed other than the fact that two things. One, I have been recognized quite a bit last year, which is a lot of fun. If you ever see me, I will talk to you. I will talk to you. Do not feel some people hesitate coming up to me. I will also tell you this, I can tell when you know who I am and you don't say anything. I just can. It's very clearly on your face and I'm not going to come up to you and be like, do you know me from TikTok? I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. But I got recognized at Lala like four or five times, which was a lot of fun. Just in that, and I haven't had an issue of like being with my family or anything like that and someone comes up in like a spot they're not supposed to. I'm very much in public. I'm very much open to talk to people. It's a lot, a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun. Because as I imagine it feels like to you, we have a common bond of like a certain thing that we both know we can talk about. So come up to me, say hi. I don't care. That's, I I love it. And this is such an ego trip. Having someone draw you is one of the best things of all time. It really, truly is. And I know that's an egotistical thing to say, but there is something to be said about someone drawing you with one of your favorite characters that is just, it is, I can't even describe what it feels like. It's amazing. It's amazing that people take the time to draw you 
they want to draw you, they think that <laughs> you and your favorite character would look good together. It's one of the best feelings of all time. All right, someone said, what's your, hy hypothetically, what's your dream job? Honestly, anything creative that I get paid for and I can just pay my bills and maybe, like I said, I like to go to live things and travel. If I can do just creative shit that I get paid for, I would absolutely love that. Would love that. That's my ultimate goal in life, is just to be creative and get paid to do it. Hypothetically, would you date Matt Murdock, not knowing he's Daredevil, and put up with the lateness and leaving early? If I didn't know that he was Daredevil, I've already made a video about this, of how we're a little too similar, Matt Murdock and I, to actually date. That's why I like him as much as I do. I think Charlie Cox is a very good actor, and I find him attractive, but the character of Matt Murdock is a little too much like me. That's why I like him. I also think he's attractive, but... Sometimes the qualities that are bad in yourself you find attractive in other people. That's why I find Matt Murdock so attractive. But I will tell you this, my biggest pet peeve is someone being late and walking with no purpose. <laughs> so I would not be able to handle Matt Murdock's consecutive tardiness. There's absolutely no reason for it. And especially if I didn't know he was Daredevil, I'm going to tell him to walk. I'm going to tell him to walk away from me. I cannot stand that. It's rude. It's just, there's no reason to not be late, or to be late. Because I think this, what is this, a Jim Gaffigan bit? No, it's a microbiglia bit. It's a microbiglia bit. There's all the time in the world before you're late, and then you're on time, and then you're late. You have so much time to be on time. It's insane. And uh, listen, shit happens, sometimes you run late. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Matt Murdock's consecutive, consecutive lateness is an absolute red flag for me. There's no reason to be late to anything. That just proves you do not fucking care. In my mind. So no, fuck Matt Murdock. <laughs> oh, damn. What song do you associate with the personality of each of the following Matt Murdock, Peter, Peter Three, and Eddie Munson? Ooh. I feel like I need time to think about this. I'm gonna come back to this one. What were you like in high school? Where would you have fit in in like Hawkins? Um, I'm pretty sure that my school was an anomaly because all of us knew each other since literal preschool. There was like maybe 200 of us and like new kids would come in and everyone would be like, he's mine, they're ours. You know, we loved new kids because they were new and fun and fresh. So like everyone was nice to anyone. If you got bullied, you got bullied by your own friend. The gossip was who was fighting in their own friend group. Not like popular kids, like hating on not popular kids. It's just not really how it was. And I, and Hawkins, I think, would for the most part be like my high school or should be like my high school, but it still looked through the lens of Hollywood where it's still, you know, there's the bully jocks and the cheerleaders and you don't talk to the cheerleaders because you're a nerd. That's just not really how it was for my high school. So... I think speaking in that strict sense, I did sports. I wasn't good at sports at all. I was bad. I fall over all the time. I want to say that in strictly speaking, high school Hawkins, maybe kicking it with Steve, but that feels a little wrong to even say that, but I don't think I'd be kicking it with Eddie. I would want to, but like me in high school probably wouldn't have been kicking it with Eddie. Mm. No, I don't. No, we'll go with no. I was probably with hanging out with Steve. Yeah, that feels wrong now to say, but no, I, that's probably right. Oh, we're going to use Hawkins and go straight into this next one. Top five 80s movies. 
Amadeus. I told you that that was already what I think one of the best movies. And I know it's not what you think of when you think of an 80s movie, but that's, yeah, that's the 80s movie. Um, I need John Hughes. Oh, Breakfast Club. Heather's Clue with Tim Curry. And <laughs> Grease 2. I'm not changing my answer. I know people want to shit on Grease 2. It, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. And I will go toe-to-toe with anyone that says otherwise. Uh, let's see. What would you say to people who criticize fantasy lovers for liking fake stuff? What a bizarre argument to make when people like movies that's also fake. Like, I don't... That is such a bizarre thing to say. I don't know. It, there's just something to me that I don't... I'll never understand making fun of people for liking what they like. Because you look at literally anything anyone likes and you pick it apart far enough, it's stupid at the core of it. It's dumb. So why are we splitting hairs with, well, this is fake, but not the fake that I like. I like this different kind of fake. Shut the fuck up. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's just another way to just look down on people and feel superior because you're sad. I keep getting questions about, like, my favorite characters' mixtapes and Marvel characters' mixtapes, which I don't want to answer because it's going to piss me off if I listen back to this, to, like, what sh it should actually be. And I know that there's so many good people that have, like, <laughs> characters' playlists on Spotify. I'll just say this. Eddie Munson would have, like, obviously his Metallica and shit. I think he would be really, really into also, like, a lot of hair bands. And just, like, anything you think of, like, your classic dad... He likes metal, but, like, so does a lot, so do, like, a lot of dads. So, like, think of, like, a white dad's playlist. It's Eddie Munson. Matt Murdock 100% has just 2014 Tumblr Girl playlist. Like, a lot of Arctic Monkeys, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco. And I know someone's gonna be like, oh, he, you know, the sound, shut up. He wears different kind of headphones to block out the harshness of it. But that man lives for the 1975. I, you can't tell me otherwise. And if I had to just, like, pick, like, Bucky Barnes, I would love it if he was into, like, hardcore 90s rap. I just think that he would be. But if I'm being completely honest, he probably would, like, go from, like, the 40s, like, right into, like, R&B. Not R&B. Um, no, yeah, like, R&B. I think that he would really enjoy R&Bs. I feel like he'd really enjoy disco for some reason. I don't know why. Hypothetically, I would ask this person with the podcast if Daredevil could be made into a musical. <coughs> As You know what? You know what? Yes. And it could be successful because, I've said this before, Daredevil lives in some sort of reality. He is a regular guy who sometimes gets his ass kicked. Yes, he has heightened senses, but he gets his ass kicked. It wouldn't be like trying to make Spider-Man turn off the dark. It could be based in some sort of reality that you could probably put to stage. Would it be successful? Absolutely fucking not. It just wouldn't. I would love to see it. I would love to write for it. I would love to star in it. Would it do well? No. Would it get off Broadway? Probably not. But I would personally love the opportunity. <laughs> if you could be rescued by Black Suit Daredevil, what, what would you want the scenario to be and why? This is just asking me what crime would I want committed against me? <laughs> and I would want the stakes to be pretty low, like a robbery, like on the street. But if I'm being honest with you, I would just give them whatever they wanted. They're like, you want, I want your purse. Like, here you go. 
you're not going to get very far with my credit cards. Like Daredevil would not have time to show up. Like I want to say like something that doesn't put me in like that kind of danger, like almost falling off a bridge, but I don't have that kind of upper body strength to like, again, he wouldn't get there in time. So I don't even know, man, that's hard. <laughs> oh man. I really want to be rescued by black suit daredevil, but what would I, maybe like, um, like the Spider-Man, th but he couldn't really do that. Cause I was going to say like a runaway bus or something. I want something where I'm holding my own and he just needs to help me. Like I want to be the person that's fighting back. And then he just is like, I got this. I'm like, okay, now I can take a break. I don't know. Maybe I do get robbed and I'm like, no, I've got like my, my grandmother's heirlooms in there. I can't let you have that. But it doesn't escalate further than like a, like a couple hits, you know, like once a knife comes out, I'm like, fuck it. Sorry, grandma. I'm not doing much. <laughs> I just, I, no. <laughs> oh, what is a movie or TV show that you love but don't really talk about on your page? I love reality TV and not like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I love Below Deck. I love anything Gordon Ramsay does. I just absolutely adore it. It's so much fun. I just watch things so critically that something like reality TV, I don't have to do that, which is how I imagine most people enjoy movies and TV and stuff like that. So that's fun for you guys. But I also take a lot of enjoyment out of analyzing stuff. But something like reality TV is something that I just don't have to do. I just get to enjoy it and watch the buffoonery and, you know, engineered drama of it all. I really love it. What's the first movie that you can remember meant a lot to you? Um, I can tell you the first movie that I remember is probably Toy Story. The first Toy Story. It came out the year that I was born 95 and it was one of those movies that like I said I we had VHS's growing up and that's all I really watched because I didn't know how to work the remote so I just would re-watch those movies so that was probably like Tom Hanks's voice is like the first thing like I rem like I can th not think of in terms of like my life but like when it comes to movies and stuff like that his voice is always comforting to me because I've heard his voice for such a long for such a long time in my life. So probably that, probably Toy Story, but like, it's not like my favorite. It's just like one of the first things I really remember because it was the first thing apparently I really gravitated towards. And so my parents would put it on all the time. So Toy Story, I guess. I'll tell you what, that fucking Toy Story 3, when they almost like, like all hold hands when they're about to die, fucking ruined me. Like I imagine most adult people, cause they're like, holy shit. You know these characters that you grew up with accepting death in front of your eyes? Like, holy shit. It's a little much. You know, sometimes people talk about Disney getting a little too dark with some shit. That was pretty dark. And that movie's rated, what, fucking G? Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, and I think we'll end on this last one. I'd love to hear about you, zodiac signs, sexual orientation, fave shit, life goals, that kind of thing. Well, this entire podcast has been about me, painfully so, but... You gotta end somewhere. Zodiac sign, I am a Taurus. I was born on May 11th, sexual orientation. I'm straight, as much as other people think that that is not the case. Up until this point in my life, it's gone one way, but you know, you never know. Fave shit, pop culture. I've made an entire hour-long podcast about it, and I plan on continuing to do so. And life goals. Listen, I don't think I'm here to do much in this life other to entertain in any way that I can. And I just... I find so much joy in it and I find so much joy in what people enjoy out of being entertained. Like I said at the beginning, I think that there's something 
to be said and so human about people enjoying entertainment, why they enjoy the things they do, what they latch onto, the reasons they latch onto it, and I just think that it's it's a very interesting part of the human experience that is just you know, you could say I'm looking too much into it, but the reason you're here is to listen about pop culture, so that's what it is. I hope next time that I've got way more entertaining <laughs> people to talk to, and it's not just my dumbass talking about me, it's more interesting to talk to other people about what they think. So, that was it. This was the first episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I guess stay tuned. <laughs>